Hey everyone, welcome back to the Potter's House, the podcast where we discuss how biblical topics, church life, and current events impact our everyday lives. My name is Marcus Ionescu, and today I'm joined by a very special guest, Mr. Brian Chupé. Brian, how's it going today, man? Hey man, good to uh, good to be with you today. Oh, I'm doing well. A little bit cold out in Chicago right now, so oh yeah, I'm <laughs> um, just trying to hang in there and stay warm. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you got like extra dedication, man, because right now you're recording from from inside of your car where it's like <laughs> freezing outside and it's like a winter wonderland outside. So I appreciate you, you know, taking the extra mile to be here and uh, joining us on this episode. But uh, thanks for that, and um, uh, you know, I hope everything goes well. I know you're in Chicago right now. Uh, which is uh, always a good place to be in February, from what I've heard, which is complete sarcasm. Uh, but <laughs> my friend just got back from there, and he's like, "Bro, never go to Chicago in, in February yeah, because exactly it's like sub zero in the in the night." So um, thanks, Brian, for being here. Uh, we'll get to we'll get to a little bit more about you. We're gonna we're actually to, we're going to get to know you a lot more uh, as we continue with this episode. Before but before we dive into this episode. Uh, I do want to go over a couple of announcements. Um, you guys, you listeners out there, as you know, you can follow us on our Instagram for any and all updates on um, at our handle at the Potter's House. Uh, email is thepottershouse at gmail.com. And uh, we're available on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, slash iTunes, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, those other three that people never use. Uh, but if you do listen to it and you do have an iPhone, I do ask you, and I want to, I want to say thank you to a lot because I, we, I have been seeing more ratings come in. But uh, go to that purple icon on your iPhone, the Apple Podcast. Click on it, click on the podcast, scroll down, and tap the stars because it really helps with the exposure of the show. Uh, iTunes has a certain algorithm that they use, and uh, the more ratings it has, especially five star ratings, uh, the more exposed the show will be uh, in that given category. So thank you for that. Also. If you guys want to leave a, a written review, please do so. Um, I'll gladly read it, and uh, I I typically read them here on the podcast live as well. So thank you guys for all that you've done. Thank you for uh, just the warmth and the support. Uh, I, I truly appreciate it. I'm not just saying this just because you know people say it and for the sake of saying it. I'm saying it because I, I really do appreciate it all. And um, you know, having affirmation and uh, encouragement from you is, is what helps me, you know, keep going. Obviously, um, with my with my service, with just serving God and serving the community, uh, your your feedback is really what what helps this a lot. So thank you guys from the bottom of my heart so much for that. I really truly appreciate that. So um, as we continue, Brian, uh, for the you know briefly, just because today we're going to talk about your your testimony. Uh, where things started off, your background, and where you are now, and how God's called you into the ministry now. But um, as a brief little intro, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself for the uh, listeners out there that uh, don't know you? Yes. Um, well, I wanted to first off uh, thank you again for having me on the podcast. It is an honor, Absolutely. and um, I'm very grateful to be on here. And I just wanted to uh, praise you a little bit or praise the ministry that you have started uh, and and thank you for for this. I think it's very needed. I know we were talking a little bit before that is very needed to reach uh, the younger generation and those all over the world. I'm sure they have listeners from all over America and probably even out in Europe and all over the world. It's going to reach, you know, thousands. And uh, it's an amazing ministry to be able to use media for the sake of the gospel. And, you know, it's used so many times for negative things. So, it's uh it's truly uh inspirational to see that you're using it for for the advancement of the kingdom. So uh yeah, my name is Brian Chupe. For those of you who don't know me, 
I grew up in Portland, Oregon uh, most of my life. I'm 25 years old currently right now. I am going on four years of marriage with my wife, Claudia, and we have a little baby boy, 11 months old, and uh, we're just beyond blessed uh, to be where we are right now. And we're just uh, we're just honored to to be a part of what God is doing in this generation. Yeah, and uh, I mean, part of your ministry, you know, you that's we're going to talk about that later. But you know, you have your family now, your young man serving, and uh, we're going to see how God truly worked in your life. Uh, you know, a couple years, like especially a couple years ago, when you were you were called out to the to that specific ministry. But uh, thank you, Brian. Thank you for the encouragement. I appreciate having you on here. Um, as you know, as we know, and maybe I don't know, maybe some listeners, but we have we have, we actually never met in person. But I have been like hearing about like your ministry and we have mutual friends that I, you know, I heard about how God's worked in your life. And then obviously I watched the live streams that you were doing, um, in the past summer. So, uh, you know, just seeing how God was working in, in, in young men like you really encouraged like me personally to step up to, to the plate basically and uh, start doing things for the kingdom. So, uh, thank you for that. I appreciate having you on here and I'm excited for, uh, the conversation we're going to have today. But, um, as we get started, obviously this is going to be, um, uh, you know, a testimony. And uh, what's interesting, and we were talking a little bit about this off air uh, last week, uh, but a lot of people, they're drawn to testimonies where people go from zero to 100. They're drawn to the testimonies where, you know, someone was a drug addict or he was uh, living really in the world. He was just trapped in there into some abyss, right? Hit rock bottom. And then finally, God was using this person for miraculous things, right? And we see that in the Bible, we see that in uh, people here today, uh, but a lot of people, especially in our community, in the remaining community that we have over here, um, almost can't relate to that, and they ask themselves, like, why am I so, like, mild for God? Why am I so, you know, stuck in this this little thing? And I think the reason being is that um, a lot of us, I would say the vast majority of us in our teen years, in our times when we weren't fully on fire with for God, was uh, when we had one foot in the church and one foot out. Correct. And we were talking about this last week, how like you were saying, like you know, my my testimony is in this crazy transformation. I grew up the same way as you guys did, and with one foot in the church, one foot out, and um, and then God just just worked from there. So a lot of people, and myself included, I was I was in the same kind of boat. Maybe I wasn't serving God with with all of my heart. Maybe I wasn't doing so. I wasn't like genuine with it. But I was still in the church every single Sunday, every single Friday. And um, I think this is going to be beneficial for, for the people out there, for the majority of the people out there who grew up in the church, but maybe didn't see that that uh, just 180 degree transformation in their lives where they're just turning away completely from their sin, completely from their past, and just pursuing holiness and pursuing Christ. So um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to give the reins over to you, and uh, wherever you want to get started, your background, uh, how, how you came about, but... Um, you know, feel free to feel free to go ahead, and I'll, I'll chime in when I can, and we'll, we'll have a we'll have a good discussion. Awesome. Yes, uh, you definitely hit it on the nail with that one. Um, yeah, many times I asked myself, like, man, I, I couldn't get into the world. Like, I wanted to, but I feel like there was there was something stopping me. Like, there was always something that that stood in the way from me getting, uh, you know, into drugs, into alcohol, and all these things. And I, I do believe that was the power in the hand of God. Uh, just growing up in the Christian family, you know, going to baby dedication and my parents praying for me and all this stuff. Like I can definitely see that that really took a, a very big uh, effect in my life. And I, I believe that a lot of people that did grow up the way that we grew up um, in the Christian 
home in the Romanian traditional church. Uh, they they probably felt that and they're like, man, I, I didn't get into the world. Like I don't need to, uh, so to say, be born again or I don't need to to do all these things because I'm not that bad, if that makes sense. So I do want to start from the beginning um, because I was in those same shoes. I did grow up in the church, went to service uh, Sunday after Sunday, uh, did all my dues, did everything that my parents told me to do, stayed away from the things they told me not to do. And so, um, you know, I grew up in this environment where uh, I was just brought up with Christian morals. I thought being a good person was was going to make you a good Christian and people are going to look at you and they're going to know that uh, you go to church because you don't cuss, because you don't do the things that they do. And so um, just just seeing this in my life, I felt like I was just doing these things to to please my parents. Uh, in the back of my mind, I was like, I'm doing these things to please God. But the reality was I'm just doing them to, so my parents can be happy. And so, you know, I would I would start with lying to them. I would start with going to church just because they they kind of forced us to go to church and they told us it's the right thing to do. But, um, you know, growing up in this environment, you always have questions. Why am I not, am I not allowed to do these things? Why am I uh, supposed to stay away from, from uh, the friends from school? Why am I not allowed to go out with them? Why am I not allowed to play video games, watch TV? Things like this um, that really, I guess, affected me. And I, I just didn't have answers to, to these type of questions. And it kind of put that rebellion inside of me. And this is the nature that we were born into, actually. We were born in a sinful nature. And we all know that growing up in a Christian family doesn't make you an automatic Christian just because your family is Christian, your parents, you go to the church doesn't automatically make you a Christian. It's a it's a relationship that you have to accept with Jesus Christ and, and being born again, which we'll get into a little bit later in my testimony. But I do see it as a huge privilege and huge honor to to grow up around the truth. You know, other people are growing up in different religion and different upbringings, um, you know, and and they don't have access to this truth like we do. And so I think it's a very huge blessing and a very big honor to be able to grow up, grow up around the the gospel and around the truth. And uh, so many times we run away from that. But um, I, I do think that is a very big blessing uh, that we do have uh, growing up in this environment, in this type of uh, situation. Yeah, and uh, you're totally right. Like when I was, you know, we can relate. Like because when I was growing up, it was to please our parents. It was to, mm -hmm. um, you know, we were almost forced to go. And uh, sometimes that kind of extends a little too late in our lives. But um, we just didn't take it seriously because we thought, and this is obviously our ignorance of being young and not understanding what the gospel is, but we didn't understand what a relationship with Christ was. We just thought like, okay, I believe he exists right. because my parents believe he exists. But, you know, is our mind renewed? Are we, are we changed? And uh, that's what, that's what was the missing piece. And um, it's so sad because we see so many people in the church who have this mentality going forward and it either takes a while for them to change or, or maybe they don't or they haven't changed yet. But it's really important that uh, we emphasize that, especially, um, you know, through our ministry, through our testimonies, like say, hey, hey, I grew up just like you in the church, uh, but that's not good enough. You can't exactly. just do this. Uh, you know, uh, Jesus said in uh, Matthew 9, where you know the, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. You know, you know, why is that? It's because we're, we think that, especially in our community, that church is like a country club where we just, you know, have a membership. We come, we hang out together, we do our thing, we go home and just 
you know, repeat next week, but that's not the case. The service starts when we exit the building. And uh, a lot of people need to understand that. And I think hopefully through through your testimony, especially through your testimony, when they hear uh, just where God's, you know, called you to and how, how he's worked in your life, that they will truly see like, hey, this is, you know, Brian wasn't like, like I said, like at a, at a rock bottom or a certain point. He was just like me in the church, one foot, one foot in, one foot out. And now he's over here and God can still work through me in the same way. So I think yes. that's an important thing to keep in mind as well. Yes. And, uh, you know, just just allowing these things to to settle in my mind, I started having like this curiosity for the world. I saw, you know, as as I started going to school and going to high school, like I saw, uh, you know, my friends, they were they were they seemed so happy, you know, going to parties, drinking, you know, talking about drugs and all these things. And, and it made me curious. I was like, man, that looks fun. Like what I'm doing, going to church and kind of keeping all these rules and, and not trying to cross them and not try to be a bad person. And, you know, I, I was like, man, this is, I was kind of forcing myself to do these things. Like I was, like we were talking before, like just to please somebody, but it wasn't like a genuine, like, I want to stay away from sin. I want to stay away from the world. I want to keep myself unstained. I want to live a holy life. It wasn't a desire of mine. It was like, it was the flesh that was wanting to, to come out and wanting to de- to fulfill the desires of the flesh. And so I saw these things. And like I said, it made me, made me curious and it made me start walking away from the church slowly. You know, it started from like, like I was saying, lying to my parents. It started from hanging out with the wrong crowd. It started from just, you know, little sins that added up to bigger sins. And, uh, you know, it promised so much. And at the end of it, I just found myself in addiction. I found myself in uh in sin and i was just so trapped in this and i was like you know what this is this is normal because i'm not the only one in it you know there's other people my friends from church my my friends from school like everyone's doing these things so it it's not that bad because i'm not like that person that like you were saying i'm, I'm not like that drug addict i'm not like that person that that did this sin or this sin that we labeled as as bigger sins i was like as long as i'm not doing what he's doing I feel like I'm still a good person. As long as I'm still going to church, you know, every once in a while and praying, you know, in the morning or at night, uh, reading my Bible here and there, like I still, I did that thing. I did those things kind of to just make my feel, myself feel better as if like that's going to help me, uh, you know, be saved if that makes sense. And so I, I just saw these examples uh, in my life and I started, like I said, hanging out with the wrong crowd. And the funny thing is that I started hanging out with the wrong influence and bad influence in the church. And uh, I can't say I blame, you know, the friends that I grew up with and all this stuff, but it was just we didn't have anybody to look up to. The reality is our generation, at least in Portland, uh, a lot of people, they started getting into drugs like the older generation. They weren't on fire for God. They weren't in ministry. They would actually run away from the church and they would stop going to the church. And so we started looking at them. We're like, hey, if they're running away, like, why should we stay here? If they're doing these things, like, why should we not do them? And it kind of made that curiosity inside inside of us. Like, I want to be like them. I want to be cool like them. And it started making us, uh, you know, lead towards those things. And it started leading us to start you know, trying different things that, that weren't good. And I don't want to go into detail exactly about what I did because I don't want to glorify the past, but um, the reality was I was still a sinner and, you know, we're all born sinners. And so we need that rebirth. And that's what I didn't understand growing up. I just thought it's a set of rules. Like I need to, I need to be careful so I don't fall. And so I don't, you know, do these things and not do these other things. And uh, I didn't realize that at the end of the day was my pride. It it was the, the sin that was entangling me that I needed freedom from. 
And I didn't know these things. Like I said, I thought it was normal. I was like, if everybody else is going through it, that means it's it's normal to live with these addictions. It's normal to live in this sin because I'm not the only one. And so I kind of compromised and and made it made it okay to live the way that I was living. Like you said, one foot in the church and one foot in the world. As long as I'm not fully in the world, uh, then I'm still at that the middle ground where it's okay. But we know that the Bible doesn't doesn't say anything about the gray area. It's either you're black, you're white. You're hot or you're cold. And it's funny that you mentioned that because we're using this analogy that we hear all the time or this this illustration about one foot in and one foot out. Mm-hmm. And we can we always attribute the foot out as being the bad and the foot in the church as being good. But um, right. you, know, you were just mentioning earlier, and I, I mean, I've seen, uh, I, you know, me and myself growing up and, and other people growing up in other places that um, a lot of our bad influence started from our friends in the church. Yeah. And we're we're and, and it's funny because we're like one foot in, one foot out. It's like, wait, I mean, aren't they aren't both feet out at this point? Right. Uh, but we have to be careful. We have to really understand that just because we go to church, just because we have friends from church, because that's what you know, that's what our parents told us grow up to, uh, you know, growing up, they wouldn't let us hang out with our friends from school outside mm-hmm. of school. But with oh, if they're hanging out with so and so son, oh, I know them, they're great. Exactly. Uh, well, yeah, but uh, maybe not so great because you know sometimes the people in the church are even you know, worse or just as bad as the people in the world. So how good is it to have one foot in the church and one foot out when, you know, you're you're sitting in both, uh, in both environments. So I don't know, that was, that was an interesting point that you brought up, but I I can totally see it uh, in in my life growing up as well. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I mean, like I was saying, I don't want to label my friends as bad because I was just as bad, you know, I would feed the fire and uh, we were just, we were just very, we would feed each other. We would feed off of each other and we would just make make the situation worse. But, you know, we thought we were okay because, you know, we would sing in men's choir. We went to youth. Uh, we sang in the youth choir and all these things. And I'm, we're like, you know, as long as we compensate, it was kind of like a, a balancing scale. You know, as long as mm-hmm. we're doing, you know, a little bit of good, it balances out the bad. And uh, it was just the wrong way of looking at it. But this is just the mentality that I had. And I'm sure a lot of us, we faced this or we faced it before. And um, yeah, so... It just got to the point where I would just run away from God at this point. Uh, you know, I got my my license. I, I got a car and everything. And I was like, I'm not obligated to go to church anymore because I'm not, you know, dragged to church by my parents. I can make my own decisions. I can. I'm independent. I have a job and all these things. And I was I was searching. I was looking for these things in this world. Happiness in money, happiness in in friends, happiness in having all the things around us. And I can say at, at that age, at 17, 18 years old, I had everything that uh, a 17, 18 year old could, could ask for, you know, and I had, I had no need for God in my mind. I was like, what do I need God for? I have literally everything, but inside of me, there was like an emptiness. There was still that emptiness. And I knew that I was running away from God, you know, just because I grew up in this environment and being brought to the church at, at the Bina Kuntara, the baby dedication. Like I, be, I feel like that put inside of us, like a seed that, that planted inside of us that couldn't let us just go off into the world. It was something that was inside of us holding us back. And I believe, like I was saying, I believe that was the hand of God and the Holy Spirit. And so I tried running away from God, but at the end of the day, I still felt like there was something missing. I had everything planned out for my future. I wanted to go to college. I I finished high school. I I started working and I'm like, I I don't know exactly what I want to do with my life yet, but I'm going to figure it out. And I tried figuring it out in my own power and my own ability and my own knowledge. 
And it got to the point where I was just getting worse and worse. I was spending all my money on my car. I mean, most of us can relate. We were all in the car scene or a lot of us were interested in cars as, as men. As long as we weren't in, you know, investing that money into drugs or, you know, bad things. We thought that, you know, investing into cars is, is not a bad thing, but it became an idol for me. And I'm not saying, you know, if you like cars and you invest your money into cars means you're a sinner. But for me, it was an idol. It was a pride thing because I wanted to be the best. I wanted everyone to look at me. And it was just it was so so foolish. Now that I look back, I just spent every, all all of my efforts every single day uh, putting it putting into my image and, and making a name for myself. And um I just saw that this this was just making me get worse and worse and, and draw away from God more and more. And until it got to the point where I realized, like, I'm not going anywhere with life. I started contemplating. I was like, man, am I am I doing anything with my life? Like, I'm literally a nobody. Like, deep down in, my, in myself, when I was alone, I was like, man, I have all my friends, but I still feel empty. I have all the money I can ask for. I have a good family. I have everything. That, but at the end of the day, when I was by myself, nobody around me I knew there was something missing and I kept running away from that and we keep trying to running away from from the calling that God has upon us because at the end of the day we're made in God's image so we're we're missing that piece of the puzzle that relationship with God inside of us and we try to find it in all the wrong places you know in our careers in our schooling in our jobs in our finances in our cars and all these things and, and that was me I was looking in all the wrong places and just running away from God uh to, to say the least and they got to the point where I started seeing my friends uh you know getting to the world and and I just didn't find pleasure in it anymore and I remember seeing my friend that was completely they just ran away from the church they were completing the world and I'm, and I'm talking like a complete just rock bottom I saw this happen like from one step out of the church, starting going to parties, starting to drink and just getting with the wrong crowd. And I just saw this person has no hope, no future. And I was like, I'm sorry, but this person is, there's no, there's no hope for them until somebody talked to them about uh, the missionary school, the God will provide missionary school. And uh, this friend of mine decided to go. And I was like, this is not going to go well. I was like, this, this person is never going to change. They can go, they can, you know, <laughs> be influenced and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, like there's no changing this person. Like they're, they're as bad as it gets, if in other words. And uh, I saw transformation. I saw complete renewal. I saw complete, like you were saying, 180 degrees transformation in two weeks. I saw this person completely just broken, repented, and just felt so bad for the way that they were living. And, and they received the Holy Spirit. They were baptized and they were renewed and born again and this was undeniable i saw the power of god in my friend's life like none before and i've never seen this like i heard of testimonies but seeing it firsthand i was like what in the world happened to you and i just saw that this this is a program a four-month uh, missionary school where i just saw transformation happening uh week after week month after month in my in my friend's life and we would meet up occasionally and i would just ask what's new what what happened to your life what and they would tell me testimonies of god's healing of how god speaking to them and the holy spirit uh manifesting through them and the holy spirit you know empowering them and i was like man this is so interesting like this is this is what i want i i was living a boring christianity or actually i was just labeled a christian because of of the the way that i was living and growing going to church but i was like this is true christianity like if this is what it's about this is what i want i want this power i want this ability to 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 have 
power over sin. And I just saw chains falling down in their life. And I was like, man, this is what I need. This is what I long for deep down. I don't want these things in this world. And so I saw this, this happen in my friend's life. And then this was all a chain of events. This was all in 2014 when God was starting this, this rebirth inside of me and this desire and longing for him and uh, this calling that he had upon my life. And then uh, not long after that, a few months after my friend uh, being completely transformed by the power of God, uh, one of our youth leaders uh, sat me and a, a, a few of my friends. We went out to eat and he's like, look, I really want to talk to you guys. Very serious. I was like, OK, you know, and we were joking around and we were always those guys that would you'd be super sarcastic. We would troll everybody and we just always wanted to, you know, have a good time. He's like, yeah, but I just want to be serious with you guys. He's like, uh, if you guys leave this place tonight, you know, we finish our meal, you guys get in your cars, you guys go home and God forbid you guys get in an accident and you guys die on the spot. What will happen with your life? And we were just like, what kind of question is that? You know, like that's so <laughs> random. And uh, he's like, yeah, like literally think about it right now. If you guys were to die tonight somehow, you know, where would you spend eternity? And I'm telling you that question, when he, he basically questioned our salvation, if we're saved or not, it really, it rocked me. Like, I'm telling you from that moment on, like I was not the same person and we were all, you know, taking turns. And I was like, honestly, I don't know. He's like, but you go to church, you do all these things. You, you profess yourself as a Christian, but you don't know where you're going. If you die, I was like, honestly, I don't know. He's like, based off of what, why, why do you not know these things? I was like, well, I gave him my list of sins. I was like, I did this this week. I didn't do this. I didn't listen to my parents. I didn't go to church. And I gave him all these lists. And I was like, based off of this, I'm not going to make it to heaven, I think. And he's like, well, if you're going to always try out of your own power to save yourself, you're never going to be able to. You're never going to be able to uh, live up a, a good life to be able to make it into heaven. He's like, you don't know who Jesus Christ is. I was like, what are you trying to say? He's like, you don't know the gospel. You don't understand what Jesus Christ did for you, for you to have, you know, salvation and to be born again and all these things. And I was just like, I was so confused. But at the end of the day, I realized that this was the, this is what I was looking for and running away from at the same time, you know? And so from that night on, I, I lost sleep. I couldn't, I couldn't live with myself knowing that, hey, if I die tonight, I don't know where I'm going. And I was like, either I seek God and see if these things are true. Uh, I want to accept and I want to I want to accept it and, and live out, you know, what the Bible says. But if not, then I, what's the point of going to church? And so I really tested God and I, I started reading the Bible for the first time. I started reading the New Testament. I started getting discipled by this uh, by this youth leader that asked us this 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 very hard question. And I started to understand what Jesus Christ actually did for all the, this whole world and for what he did for me personally. And when I started realizing what he did for me personally, dying on the cross for me and giving me a new life and how, you know, in the Bible, it says that he'll give you his spirit so you don't sin anymore and you'll have power to overcome the flesh. And I was just like, there's no way this applies to me. But I was like, if this, if this is true, I want this. I was like, if this is really what the Bible says, and it's not what my parents are saying, it's not what the pastor is saying, it's not what I grew up understanding and realizing, but it's actually what the Bible says. I said, if this is true, I want it. If not, then I'm just going to walk away from God. And so from that moment on, I started seeing things differently. I started uh, having different desires. I didn't have a desire to, to invest anything in my, in my car anymore. I didn't have a desire to work anymore. I just completely had complete new desires. And I felt that rebirth. And people started looking at me like, hey, 
Like, what's wrong with you? Like, something's different about you. Like, you're you're smiling all the time. You're happy. You you feel, uh, you feel accomplished. You feel joy. And I was like, man, I don't know what happened to me, but Jesus Christ like saved my life. Like, he he changed my life, and I, I feel like a new person. And like the Bible says, like a new creation. And that was where where my rebirth started. And I felt like that born again experience. And I was like, man, I'm a new person. I felt like a weight lifted off my shoulder. I felt like this sin just completely falling down. And I'm telling you this, like this was so unreal for me to not have a desire to sin anymore, to not have a desire to lust anymore, to not have a desire to hang out with the friends that I was hanging out with anymore. Like it was so weird for me. Like it just completely like, it just, the desire wasn't there anymore. And that's when I knew something happened in me. And I started feeding that fire, started feeding that hunger to know God more. I was like, this is real. And I want to know more. And I want to uh, dig deeper. I want that experience that these people are having in the Bible. And and I want to live that out in my life personally. So what's interesting, the difference between what we're talking about earlier, people who kind of grew up like us and then the other um, just crazy transformations that we hear about uh, in other testimonies, especially in the testimony that you heard from your friend, Mm -hmm. from a close friend. So that was interesting how that kind of sparked an interest. But um, when you, when you accepted Christ into your life, and this is, you know, a lot of people are listening to this wondering if, if, if they did the same thing or if they're about to do the same thing, but was it like, like an an instant change? Was it like a, like a, a certain moment where you knew because typically with people who hit rock bottom, uh, they hit something, they hit the, the rock bottom so hard that, I mean, the only way to go is up and they know right. that exact moment where like, okay, like this is, this is the, this is the furthest I can go. I, I just, I got to turn back. Yeah. But sometimes with us, it's, it's not as clear. It's not as distinct. Yeah. Um, so, uh, how, how was that in your case? Was it, was it like instantaneous? Was it a certain moment or was it like a, a short little season of, of, uh, just, uh, rebirth or how was that? Yeah. Um, I know, uh, some people, they know like the exact day that they were born again and, and things like that. But I, f- I feel like for me, it was like, a like you were saying, like a season of just chain of events that like led up to me just being like, man, I don't have the desires that I have anymore, you know? And it all starts with with repentance, all realizing, man, like I'm a sinner. Yes, I'm not in the world like these other people are, but I still need Jesus Christ. You know, like Romans 3 says, like we've all fallen short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, mm-hmm. no, not one. Like we all need Jesus because we were born in sin. And so we need to be born again of the spirit. You know, we need to be born again of God's spirit and, and be filled in his spirit so that we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh and will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. And this is what I didn't understand was the sonship. And like I was saying before, like it's, it's a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's a relationship that you have with him on a daily basis. It's a uh, communication with the Holy spirit where he, he prompts you to do things, you know, to go out and to pray for people, to go out and preach the gospel to people. It's it's nothing that we can do out of our own our own ability, but it's just a, a matter of accepting it, if that makes sense. And so uh, I can definitely say, like, you'll know, like 100 percent, you'll know, like you won't have the desires that you had before. You won't have a desire to sin. It'll be like it'll be like uh, a I don't know. You'll just know when you sin, you're just like, this doesn't feel right. Like I don't have the pleasure that I had before when I did this, this, uh, this certain sin, you know, or this certain addiction that I used to have. It just like, you just accept it. And, and God starts this remodeling process. He starts this renewal process inside of you, but it's a, you have to know because the Bible does tell us, I believe in Romans eight, like the spirit of God that is inside of you, like it will witness that you are his son. And this is what I didn't understand was the sonship. 
is like I am God's son. Like I am, I am a, a son of God. You know that that just didn't make sense to me. And when I when this clicked in my head, I was like, man, like I can't live like the world. I can't have the desires to you know be half in the world, half in in the church. Like we were saying before, it's like, man, you want to you want to live completely for God. And so for those of you who are asking yourself, like, man, am I saved? Am I am I truly? Uh, you know, born again, just ask yourself, like compare your relationship with sin uh, and compare that with your relationship with God. Which one do you have a desire to do more? Do you want a desire to to serve God and live for him and live a holy life and be filled in the spirit and do God's will? Or do you have more of a desire to to live in sin and you love that sin that you're you're feeding? And and so like that was that was like the biggest thing for me was I just realized like, man, sin didn't taste the same anymore. It was bitter. It was one of those things like I can't, I can't do these things anymore. Like deep down, my spirit was just was uh, was quenched when I when I even thought of the idea of doing the things that I used to do before. And so that's that's for me personally how it was. But I know for other people, it, it happens overnight. Like you just you're a completely different person, and like you just know. But at the end of the day, you should know deep down inside if you were born again, if you've accepted Jesus Christ, you know, and accepted His Spirit to to come and live inside of you and start this. Uh, uh, remodeling process inside of you so you can live uh, a holy life. Yeah, I heard a pastor once say, um, before sin tastes bitter, Christ has to be sweet. So oh, before sin go. becomes bitter in your life, before it, it's something that you don't want anymore, you have to accept Jesus Christ into your life. And, yes. And like you said, the, those you have to ex- have those other desires to serve him as opposed to serving yourself or you know sowing to the flesh. But uh, you know, that's, that's really interesting. And, um, so the next part, the next part, cause you, you're talking about accepting Jesus, you want to go forward through ministry. So, um, I assume the next part is God will provide, right? Is that the, the next chapter that we're going to dive into? Right, right. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. I know I, we've heard it, um, with, you know, people here, people there, we, we've heard of God will provide people going through that mis- missionary school and then obviously going to other parts of the world to serve, uh, via that uh, mission. So uh, right. tell us a little bit about that, your experience there, how God continued to work in your life uh, in that setting. Yeah. Um, so like I said, uh, I had my friend that went through through the school. And uh, after those four months, they finished, I believe, in May. Um, I asked them to come over and tell me everything from start to finish. I was like, I need to know what happened to you. Like, how are you who you are now? Like, you weren't not like this four months ago. And uh, they came over and uh, they told me their, their whole story from start to finish and how God was working in their life. And literally, I just felt the Holy Spirit just speaking completely through this person. For four hours, we sat at my house and just telling testimony after testimony, healing after healing, and and uh, just the things that God was doing in their life. And I was just like, this is amazing. I was like, this is what I, this is what I longed for. And this was when I was, I was seeking God. And this is when I was starting to read the Bible and see these things. And when I saw what the Bible was saying being played out in my friend's life, and I was like, this is real. I was like, I want what they have. I want that fire of the Holy spirit that they had. And like, they were talking about God and about the Holy spirit as if like, if like, it was true to them. And I was like, man, I, I haven't seen this in a long time. Like growing up in the church, I haven't seen anybody, uh, sad to say, on fire for God, like this person that just repented four, four months ago. And I'm like, I want what they have. I was like, what is it that you have that I don't have? I grew up in the church and all these things, but you have something inside of you that I don't have. And and they told me like, this is the Holy Spirit. This is the Holy Spirit that is ministering through me to you. And I felt that 
at that moment, I was like, I need to go. I felt the Holy Spirit tell me I need to go to the school as well to get discipled, to get, um, you know, in depth in the word. Because at the end of the day, this uh, the missionary school, the God will provide missionary school was just the tool that God used uh, for my spiritual growth at, at the beginning stage. It, I was a baby Christian. I, I didn't know anything like, yes, I, I heard these things growing up, but I couldn't go based off of what I heard. I wanted to know these things for myself personally. I wanted to read them for myself personally, not just go based off of what my pastor said when I was younger or what my parents were telling me growing up. I was like, I want to know these things myself. I wanted to start com from complete zero and just know everything. And so this was a uh, an amazing tool for me to spend four months of my life. You know, I quit my job. I left my family and I just went there and stayed there for four months uh, where, you know, you live with these, the people that have the exact same desire to seek after God, to build a relationship with Jesus, to learn how to pray. This was a very big thing. I, I remember the first day at school, they're like, yes, from, from nine until 10 o'clock every single morning, we get together before we start school and we pray for one hour. I was like, okay, that's not too bad. Like I'm used to the the, the prayers that we have, you know, Sunday mornings from nine to 10, we just pray, you know, there's a little bit of a prayer, uh, uh, exhortation, then a song. But it was like, no, like we pray for one hour straight. And I remember after like three minutes of saying like the, the father's prayer, I was like, what do I say now? Like this, what are we, what am I supposed to do for one whole hour now? And I'm telling you, like it all started like completely from zero. I was like, I didn't know that there's a relationship with God that you have to have in prayer. You have to learn how to pray. You have to learn how to read the Bible. You have to learn how to listen to the Holy Spirit and, and do the things that the Holy Spirit tells you to do. Like basically just act out what the Bible says. And it was just so uh, edifying for me to just emerge myself in those four months around other on fire Christians and other people that, that were seeking the same thing. And I didn't have a desire to go on missions. Honestly, I just wanted to use this, this missionary school, uh, for my, my spiritual growth. And I'm like, after I do this school, I'm going to go back to my home church. I'm going to get plugged in there and, and I'm going to, I'm going to serve God over there. But you know, along the way, seeing the way that God was working and I was like, I started getting a hunger and a, a desire to, to reach the lost. And I don't know, God, the Holy Spirit just spoke to me and ministered to me that I'm going to be going out uh, on the mission field. And he wants me to go out and to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ throughout the whole world. And I'm not capable of that. I didn't grow up knowing how to preach. I didn't have anybody in my family that was involved in ministry. I was like, I, I'm not capable of doing that. I'm not even good at speaking like in public and all these things. I'm like, I don't even know anything to, to say, you know. But I knew that the Holy Spirit was preparing me for that uh, during the school. And we would go out and do street evangelisms. We would go and we would preach and, and share our testimonies at different churches. And we just had so many opportunities to serve. And we saw people literally getting healed on the streets. Like we would go up people at Taco Bell and, and we would talk to them and we would pray for them. And people would be completely delivered of cigarettes. People would be healed. We would go downtown and we would do evangelism. It was just like it was such a such a desire in our heart for the lost. And I'm like, man, this is what it's all about. It's not about going to church every single week, year after year, going to every single convention, getting filled up for one week, two weeks, and then that desire fading and then waiting for the next convention. So you, have, you can have that same experience again and again. But it wasn't like that cycle. It was like a daily living in, 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 the, in the Holy Spirit and a daily living of like living out the Bible, you know, and I started questioning myself. I was like, man, why don't we see these things happening in the church? Like, why, why am I reading these things in the Bible? And like, we're so afraid to step out and, and we're so ashamed of the gospel. And so that desire inside of my heart just, just started to grow. And that fire started to grow for the lost. And that's when, uh, by the end of the, the, the school semester, after those four months, 
they send you out on the mission field where uh, where they feel and they pray uh, you would fit the best and where there's the biggest need. And uh, so for me, that was that was just a, a, the perfect place for me to get discipled. And like I said, God used that as a tool uh, for, for me to grow in my foundation and, and set my roots in him and, and to understand who he is, who the Holy Spirit is. And I, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. I was filled in his power, you know, got the gift of speaking in tongues. And from there, it just, it just started. And now I'm uh, going on seven years, I believe. Yes. Since 2014, it's, it's, it's a desire that hasn't stopped. It hasn't quenched, you know, and, and I want to keep that fire going because, uh, it just, it's sad to see people getting on fire, you know, like firework Christians where they get on fire for a little bit and then they just, they die out again. And then they get on fire again. It's like, no, it, it has to be fed every single day. It's that, that relationship that we were talking about that, uh, you know, Jesus gave us the perfect example of, you know, praying to the father and being in tune with the spirit and living out uh, every single day, uh, you know, according to, according to the spirit and according to the word of God. And so for me, that was, that was what God used for me to uh to step to point me in the right direction towards my calling because i didn't know what my calling was i was like i just want to serve god i just want to you know preach the gospel i just want to tell people about jesus what he did in my life and i would just share my testimony everywhere i would go i was like you know this is the perfect opportunity i never had a testimony growing up i was ashamed of god i was ashamed to tell people from school that i was a christian whenever it came up the subject i would just like hide myself away or just you know they would ask me why don't you cuss or why don't you come out with us and i would just be like oh you know i don't know i just don't like those things i would be honestly i was ashamed because if they were to ask me about my faith and why i go to church and all these things i wouldn't know what to tell them because i wasn't born again i didn't have this experience this revelation of jesus christ this relationship with him where i'm like man i'm eager to tell somebody like i am now you know back then i was just i was ashamed and so yeah for me it was just a complete transformation and and this longing that I believe every single believer, every single Christian uh, uh, should be active every single day. And uh, so, yeah, that was kind of what God used for me to to step me in the right direction. And I think that's like the definition of God working in mysterious ways. Oh, yes. <laughs> where you were encouraged by a friend to come join this school and you did so for discipleship, for personal spiritual growth. And that through that, God revealed your your His calling for your life yes. in this school, and then that kind of transitioned to to where you are now. So it's amazing how God works through that. And um, you know, sometimes we're we're very worried, or we're very just we don't know what God's going to call us to. And some and uh, you know, specifically about missions. Um, I remember you know a couple years ago when I was starting to get a little more serious, and I was praying like God, you know call me to wherever, reveal your calling to me. And then at the back of my mind, I'm like, but just not missions, you know, just, just not that, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's not, like, I don't want that, but anything else, anything else, you know, I'm fair yeah. game, every, anything else. But, uh, we, we try to set boundaries in our lives and we try to direct ourselves. But at the end of the day, we have to surrender all of Christ and let God 100%. just guide us, guide us to where we're at. So it was really interesting how joining a missionary school, typically, I mean, People join missionary schools to go to, go through missions, and sometimes people do it for the wrong reasons. Right. But for you, it was just like, God, I want to get to know you more. This is a way that I can. This is a way that I saw in someone else through another testimony that I heard. And I want that same experience. I want that same growth. And that through this process, um, through the street evangelisms, through just going and talking to people and having this eagerness to share Christ, you were able to see how God can work through you no matter what you thought of yourself before, exactly. no matter how we were before, because we are a new creation. We are transformed. 
So uh, kind of transitioning to the this next part, I know you got involved uh, internationally in a couple different missions. I know, uh, obviously, I know Austria. You were you were based over there, but leading up to that, uh, where are the different places that you went? How did God work in those different ways, and or in those different places? And then how did uh, how were they all connected? How did you jump from one place to the other and answer God's call to to serve in those different countries and cities? Right. Um... I would actually like to answer a questioning and kind of answer that question as well that a lot of people have. And they're just like, how do you know your calling? Like, how how can I know what God has called me to do? And, I, you know, this question is very good. And, and you know, we had that question growing up and we always wonder like, man, OK, but what am I supposed to do? What does God want for me? But uh, the sad part is, you know, you ask people like, hey, you know, uh, what is your calling? Like, what what do you think that God has called you to? You know, like, I'm not sure. I'm still waiting. And like, uh you know, the sad part is like, we're not, we're not proactive in that waiting period. We're just kind of waiting for God to come down and reveal his plan, like from A to Z, like, this is what I want you to do. This is where I want you to go. This is how long I want you to stay there. This is who I want you to go with. This is how much money to bring. It's like, no, God doesn't, God doesn't always do that. He does that on, on rare occasions, but like, we're, we're waiting God for God to speak to us, but we're not doing anything for, uh, for him to, to tell us these things. We're kind of just waiting for, for a miracle to happen to where he's just like, okay, this is where I want you to do. It's like, no, we have to be proactive Christians. We have to seek these things. We have to start with the little, you know, and this is, this is how it was for me. I was like, man, I don't know where God wants me to go. I don't know what he wants me to do, but it was simply just saying yes to any opportunity that he gave me. And, you know, when they, they chose me to go to Austria, I didn't want to go. I wanted to go to Bangladesh. I wanted to go to India, Africa. I want to go to like these poor parts of the world where I'm like, that's where, that's where God is working, you know, in the poor parts. But, you know, accepting that. And I was like, you know, if this is where God wants me to go, I'll go. Like, I, I don't know what's going to be over there. I don't know what I'm going to be doing. But, you know, it was just that simple, like saying yes to God and, and just being obedient. And like you said, allowing nothing to stand in the way, you know, not allowing your job, not allowing your school, not allowing your family, your friends, your finances, not allowing anything to stand in the way and just simply being available to God. Because that's where a lot of people, they stumble and they, they, they're like, Yes, I'm willing to do anything but that, you know, like you were saying, you know, like the rich young ruler, you know, he did everything possible, but he knew something was missing. And, and Jesus would like sell everything, give to the poor and come follow me. He's like, yeah, like I'll do anything else but that, you know, but usually God calls us to come out of our comfort zone. He calls us to do the things that are very uncomfortable so that he can uh, he can kind of humble our kind of humble us. So that way, like we're we're more. um more inclined to just do his will and, and to understand like, Hey, like it's all or nothing. And so for me, it was just that, that's what started. Everything was just that simple. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm going to be doing, but this is the opportunity God opened up. So I'm going to do it. And so it started from there, from Austria. And then that was another season in my life where it was, it was very hard, challenging because you're around other people in a civilized world. It's like a first world country, like America, you know, it's like somebody coming to America and trying to preach to people. It's like, everybody has everything here. Like everybody's so busy with their own lives, with money, with family, with schooling. And that's how it was there. Like these guys were, they're very proud out there in Austria, the like Austrian people, like they don't have, they don't have a reason to, to need God. And so it was very challenging, you know, but that's where God grew me the most. And, and I, I, I was tested. My motives were tested why I was out there, why I'm serving. And that's where God really grew me and, and grew my foundation. And like, I understood, like, it's not always about, just doing all these miracles it's about first first off being obedient to god and and doing the small things and being obedient in the little things and god's going to entrust you with the big things 
And so like along the way, I was just wherever God wanted me to do, uh, wherever he wanted me to go, I just said, yes, I, I was the type of person where I was like, God, if you open up the doors, I'm never going to say no. If I have an opportunity to preach in a church or like, you know, t- share my testimony, I'm never going to say no, because that's just, I want to take every single opportunity to serve you, you know, whether I don't want to, whether I don't feel like it or whether I don't think I'm capable enough to do it. I was just with that, that mindset. And even now I'm with that mindset of like any opportunity I have to serve, like I'm going to do it. Whether it's, you know, cleaning a house, whether it's preaching the gospel, whether it's outside ministry, whether it's, you know, orphanage, whatever it is, I'm like, God, whatever door you open up, I'm going to go through it. Whether I like it or not, whether my flesh is satisfied about it or not, like I'm going to do it because I want to serve you with all my heart and anything that I do. And I believe that that's when God is like, man, I can trust this person with anything because they're serving me out of a humble heart. They're serving me because because they want to, not because they're on, on a platform, not only when they're, you know, given the opportunity to preach in front of thousands or, you know, he sees you in the little, he sees you in the secret and he will entrust you with a lot. So that led to, to God opening up opportunities to go out in different countries, it started from Austria. It started to go to Romania. And then, uh, you know, I had the opportunity to go to Italy and, and preach the gospel over there. And there was street evangelism there. And then from there, it, it moved on to going out to Australia where I met Mark mold on for the first time and that's where you know we we just connected and then he came out to austria and that's when god kind of started the work in his life and to go out on missions and then i went to vanuatu after australia it was kind of just like our um our layover we went to australia and that's where we met mark and then he ended up coming with us to vanuatu that's where our final destination was where we went for two weeks to serve and to you know preach the gospel out there and then uh you know from there i had the opportunity to go with my wife back in 2018 if i'm not mistaken we went to the philippines where we were able to serve again with mark and we were there for two weeks and we just saw the hand of god so powerfully and man it's just so amazing to see god literally providing for finances providing spiritually providing literally the open doors to to be able to be available to tell somebody about jesus or to be able to 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 share the gospel through giving you know food and resources and all these things and just the opportunity that god opened up in our lives because of our simple obedience it's just you look back and you're just amazed that God is able to do so much uh, through somebody that's just willing to say yes. And so that's my encouragement for people is, you know, make yourself available. Just make yourself available and you'll you'll look back and be like, man, I never thought I'd be able to do this. I never saw myself doing the things that I'm doing. But then you're not able to give glory to yourself, but you're able to give only glory to God because he's the one that opened up those opportunities and those doors to to be able to to do those things. And that's what's encouraging for me and my family uh, is just seeing these things, these opportunities that open up. And uh, it's just a blessing to be a part of what God is doing. And, you know, it's it's nothing we can do. It's nothing we can boast about, but it's it's all it's all glory to God because there's a lot of a lot of work to do, like you said, but so few that are willing to go out. Uh, not necessarily on the mission field, but just to go out and do and, and live out the, the the gospel every single day, wherever they are, to be Jesus to this world every single day, wherever they, they find themselves today. Yeah, it's amazing how, how God worked in those different ways. Um, I do have one question, though, uh, about what you mentioned. But, yeah. you know, we as we as men, we're called to a to a greater res- responsibility once we're married, once we have our own families and uh, and going forward but you know it's one thing when we're called by ourselves to go into into the mission work but it's another thing to kind of take our families there as well so what was the process in in the discussion uh you know with your wife about 
relocating and just doing full-time ministry, full-time missions? Was it something that like started before, uh, before you two were married? Was it something that you made a decision afterwards? How was that process? Because, um, you know, we as men were called to be the spiritual leaders of our families. We have to make those tough decisions and we're responsible for responsible for all of them, uh, wherever we are in the world. So how was that thought process? Because, um, not only are we, you know, I mean, we can, we can be like freelance missionaries and kind of do things on our own when we're single. I think actually, in fact, I think God uses us a lot when we're single because we right. don't have as many responsibilities here in the, uh, you know, on this earth. But when we do have those extra responsibilities, what is, what was your thought process going into it? And how, how did that, uh, how did that come to be? Um, well, I can say it started before, uh, before I got married, I had the, the principle that I lived off of. It was a Bible verse in Matthew chapter six, verse 33 where it says, seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all these things will, will follow. And for me, that was my motto. That was like literally what I lived off of. I was like, I don't have time to go out and look for a wife. I don't have time to go out and, you know, uh, make money and all these things because I was so full time. I was full time involved in, in the ministry that I was like, I can't do these things. And so I knew that God was going to provide as, as cliche as that sound. I knew God was going to provide. And so my thing was, um, Every single prayer that I had, I was like, man, God, when that time comes for me to have a family, like, please prepare me somebody that has the same vision, that has the same calling and same, uh, same understanding as me. So that way, like, I'm able to continue doing what you've called me to do with my family. And so this is this actual testimony for another time, how we met. Um, it just it's amazing to see how God worked everything out. But we met back in 2017 where God spoke to me before she came and she she went through the missionary school as well back in 2017, two years after me or 2016. Sorry. And uh, she got chosen to come to Austria. I didn't know who she was. God spoke to me that she's going to be my wife before she came out. And, uh, you know, God spoke to me so many different ways before she came that she's going to be my wife and my companion for for future ministry. And I saw that she had the same calling, all these things. And so I knew 100% that, that God is going to put us together. And whoever God is going to prepare for me in the future is going to have these same desires and same vision and same calling. And so uh, she did have these things. And I saw that, you know, serving together in Austria, that this was the perfect match. I was like, God, this is exactly what I was praying for, you know. And so it just worked out so, so perfectly. And and she had the same desire. She had the same confirmation, you know, from God on her end. And God just worked such a such a miracle in, in our relationship where we were like, you know what? Let's get married. Let's let's go forward with this. God spoke to you. God spoke to me. Let's get married and let's continue serving God. And our plan was that we're going to we're going to be out in Austria after we get married. This was 2017. We started uh, talking in February. Uh, we started talking. We had our, our wedding like, just five months after that in July. And so it was a very quick wedding, but we knew God wanted us to be together. And we're like, we don't have time to, you know, test out the waters and, and wait and, and, you know, experience and kind of see if, we, if we're if we meant for each other. Like we knew God put us together. So like, let's get married so we can t- continue serving. And so um, before we got married, I told her, I was like, look, I'm not going to have all the finances all the time. I'm not going to be able to buy the, the prettiest dress. I'm not going to have the finances to get you whatever you want whenever you want but like what i can promise you is that we're going to serve god together until the end of our days like until you know death do us apart and so i was like if you're willing to accept that you know this is our calling as a family then let's move forward but if 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 you're looking for something else if you're looking for stability if you're looking for somebody that has more finances then like i completely understand 
But as, as for me and my family, like I want to be able to serve God and for you to know these things before uh, we move forward in marriage. And she's like, yes, I understand. And I, and I agree. And I don't desire these things. I desire to serve God with my family, with my husband, my future children. And so, you know, that, that, that's what connected us. And that's what we had the same desire, the same mindset. And that's what helped us move forward. And, uh, and that's where God brought us to where we are today. And, you know, we've been serving out in Romania for the last going on four years, ever since we got married. After our honeymoon, we moved out to Romania. And, uh, you know, we've seen we've seen God work in, in amazing ways. And, you know, we whenever I have the opportunity to work and come back to America like we are right now, uh, I, I do like to work. I'm, I'm very hands on. I don't like to, you know, uh, live off of other people's money or anything like that. But it's just amazing to see the way God did provide financially because we were able to dedicate and give everything. We're like, God, like you call us to do this, uh, you know, you'll provide as uh, along the way and he has in amazing ways i'm talking about god multiplying money god sending people at the right time to 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 give us the finances that we need exactly the amount and i can just go off testimony after testimony of the way god worked not only financially but spiritually in our lives through our lives and and to bring us to where we are today and we're just like we can't deny that god is with us you know so we can't not continue forward in in the calling that god has for our lives so that's kind of how we we came about uh, just agreeing before we got married, like this is what we're gonna do, and uh, we were we were on the same page, same vision, and we said we're gonna continue this uh, the rest of our lives. That's great, and that's really encouraging. Um, and honestly, that's 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 what it means to be equally yoked, uh, not just at the same spiritual level, but have the same vision. Where not not in the case where one one wants to do minute like wants to do full time ministry and the other has not interested in that, but how God brought two people together to to do that, but that that's yeah. uh, that's awesome to hear, and that's that's obviously a sign of tremendous faith in God that He will work uh, in that way, and it's really encouraging, uh, especially for the you know those of us who are not yet married and and kind of looking um, you know for you know looking forward and seeing how God's going to continue to work and incorporate that aspect in our in our lives with with our ministry. So uh, yeah. that's that's really great. And that's really encouraging. But as we wrap this episode up, uh, Brian, um, I know you're back in the states right now, but what is I know, I, I know we as Christians, as believers, as servants, uh, we, we go, we go almost day by day. We trust God every single day, every single day. But if you, if you can, what is like, uh, what are you looking forward to? What is the vision going forward, uh, in ministry with God right now? Are you guys going back, going to go back to Romania? Uh, is there a plan for something? Uh, how is God going to work, uh, in the, in the near future for you guys? Um, yes, uh, our plans. I mean, you know, nowadays it's very hard to make plans. Uh, even Absolutely, coming yeah. out to the States was, was hard enough as it was like, it was like a miracle that we were even able to come out here. So we do have plans, but if, you know, nothing comes up and nothing intervenes, uh, we do, we do feel the calling to go back to Romania. And, uh, I don't know, I don't know what it is that God wants to do out there. Uh, but I just believe, we just believe that God has something great plan for us and for our family and we just we want to be obedient we just have peace every time we think about the idea of going back out there you know there's so many opportunities to to preach the gospel you know there's people out there that uh you know live as if they live in africa and so it's just like there's so many opportunities out there to to serve god and so we just feel like as a family like we just want to be obedient whether that's in romania whether that's in another country later on or i don't know but wherever he got wherever god calls us to go like we just want to be obedient to it because at the end of the day, God put that fire and that desire inside of us uh, to 
to to be able to bring this this message to to the whole world and so i i really pray we we always pray that that desire never that desire never stops inside of us and that fire continues to uh to go through us and to be able to light other people on fire because like i said we're not we we always look at ourselves like man we're not even capable to do what we're doing like we're not qualified in the eyes of man like to do what we're doing but like god is god is doing an amazing work and just just to be able to be a part of that i think that's that's what moves us forward to just serve him and and to do what we're doing because we we want to see eternal impact in other people's lives and to know that we're able to to be a a a tool for somebody to come to know jesus christ like it's it's the greatest greatest uh, accomplishment to just see somebody you know accepting jesus christ and uh, to be touched by God and to be healed by God and to just be a part of that. I think that's what encourages us to to continue serving wherever he wants us to go. And so uh, we'll see what the near future brings us. But our, you know, our five-year plan or our 10-year plan, everybody asks us, okay, but what's your plan for the future? Our, our future, our, our plan is eternity. Like our plan is eternal. You know, it, it, we don't look at the next five years because anything can happen in the next year, three years or, you know, and so... Uh, we look at the, we look at our lives as like an eternal plan. Like we look at it as every single day is our last day. We look at it as every single day. Like we have an opportunity to, to tell somebody about Jesus Christ at our workplace, on the mission field, wherever we go. And so our, our 10 year plan as a family, our five year plan is, is to just, you know, bring the gospel wherever we go, wherever God leads us. I, I wish I knew uh, it would be a lot easier, but as of right now, God just called us to move in faith and live by faith. And, uh, we, we see the benefits of that. So for our family, personally, uh, that's what worked for us. And so we want to continue in that. And so, yeah, man, it's it's been a blessing, though. We've seen God work in, in amazing ways. And we're looking forward to seeing him work in, in more more powerful ways in the future. That's awesome. That's amazing. And uh, as a final statement in a, in a few short words, if there's someone out there listening that was kind of in, that is in the same situation that you were growing up where one foot in one foot out maybe not the best influence around them maybe not a reliable mentor or someone to to truly disciple them as as we as we've ca- been called to do in biblical discipleship uh what's what's one thing that you would tell them uh as an encouragement to that person who is at the point that you were where maybe they don't understand the full gospel maybe they mm-hmm. were brought up in the church and kind of just grew up there and lingered there and maybe are just submitting to religious traditions as opposed to submitting and surrendering full to, uh, fully to Christ. So what's, what's one thing that you would tell them uh, at this point? Um, me personally is to, to uh, just seek, seek, uh, seek these things for yourself. Um, you know, listen to these testimonies, watch different sermons and, and be encouraged by these things. But at the end of the day, like you have to experience these things for yourself. And what encouraged me the most personally and what I would encourage other people is just try it out yourself. You know, I like this. This one guy says, you know, there's a depression, depression, uh, depression back guarantee. You know, the devil will always come. You can always go back to the devil. You can always go back to living in the world and living in anxiety and depression and fear. But, you know, you have nothing to lose with trying God. You have everything to gain, actually. And so, you know, don't settle for less. This is what this is what discourages me. The discourages me the most is seeing Christians just living at the literally at the baseline. You know, just living at the bare minimum. You know, this is good enough to just be saved, just just to get into heaven. But it's like no, like we're missing out on so much more that the Holy Spirit is able to do through us. 
you know, that's able to do through you. That's listening, you know, the things that the Bible, you know, shows us doing, shows us uh, the disciples and the apostles and Jesus doing through, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we're able to do. The Bible literally, it tells us that the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives inside of us. We need to activate that. And the moment we activate that and we start seeing these things manifest through our lives, we're not going to want to live a mediocre Christian life. We're not going to want to live you know, Sunday to Sunday, you know, it's, you're going to desire these things more and more. And you're going to see God working through you, healing through you, preaching through you, uh, people getting, getting saved and, and set free, casting out demons through you. And this, this is going to be like, man, this is what true Christianity is all about is living out the gospel. It's living out and seeing these things manifest through your own life. Uh, that's what encourages me the most. And like I said, don't, don't settle for less. Christ has, has died for us, not just for a, a Sunday to Sunday, uh, week to week, convention to convention type of Christianity. It's like it's a daily thing that, uh, you know, he paid the price for. And so don't settle for less. Activate the Holy Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to manifest himself through you. And just, just you know, as, as cliche as it sounds, just start in prayer. Start in relationship with Christ and and desire these things. Seek these things and, and allow yourself to be available to to be used by God. And you'll see amazing things done in your life. Amen. Praise God. And uh, Brian, thank you so much for for being here, for agreeing to be on this podcast. Uh, it's like you said earlier, every time uh, God call, gives you an opportunity to share your testimony or to, to, to preach his word you, or serve in any capacity, uh, you, you're always saying yes, you're always willing to do so. And uh, you know, I appreciate you doing that here here on this platform. And I um, I pray and I'm, I'm, I'm very, uh, just lo- I'm looking forward to a lot of people being touched by, by your testimony and to see how God worked just tremendously in your life and that they could look forward to God working in their life, uh, their lives as well. So thank you so much for being on here, Brian. Um, if people uh, want to find you on the internet, on social media, maybe reach out to you. Maybe if they have any more questions, uh, where can they, where can they find you? Um, uh, I am active mostly on Instagram, just Brian Chupé, uh, B-R-Y-E-N-C-H-E-W-P-A-Y, just because nobody can pronounce it uh, in English. So I just spelt it out, uh, the way it sounds, but, uh, yeah, on there, it's where I'm most active. You know, like you said, I've been doing live streams and, uh, posting about ministry and about what God is doing, testimonies, things like that. Right now, I haven't been really active, been busy with work, but, uh, that is, uh, the best way. And, um, yeah. So like I said, thank you again for having me. It was an honor to be able to, uh, you know, share the story of what God did in my life. And I'm just so grateful to, to see, uh, you know what God is able to do through anybody that just accepts the call, just accepts and and uh, is willing to lay down their life for for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of the lost. And uh, you know that's my encouragement to those who are listening. You know, uh, there's a lot of work to do, so be that person to uh, to lay down your life for for those around you. So God bless you guys, and thanks again, Marcus, for having me. It's truly a blessing. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, just just keep up the good work, man. Amen. Uh, with all with with God's power only. Uh, Amen. But thank you, Brian, for the encouraging words. It's just it's it's really uh, encouraging to see people like you standing like standing up and and setting the setting the tone for what we're supposed to follow, what how God's supposed to work in our lives. So I really appreciate what you're doing, and I'm I'm truly encouraged by your ministry. So thank you for the kind words, and uh, uh, you know I'm looking forward to just you know keeping in touch in the future. Just continue to build that relationship so that we can 
you know, encourage one another, mm-hmm. edify one another, and just truly serve God with all of our hearts. So Amen. thank you so much, Brian, for, for that. Uh, for you listeners out there, you can follow us on our Instagram at The Potter's House for any and all updates. Uh, if you want to uh, reach us on our email, thepottershouse at gmail.com. Also, uh, we're, we're available on Spotify, iTunes, slash Apple Podcasts, wherever you can listen to podcasts. But um, if you do have an iPhone, please, like I said earlier, click on that purple icon, tap the stars. It really helps. I, I've seen a lot of you guys do it. Uh, but I know some of you are thinking like, oh, there's probably someone else that's going to do it instead of me, so I won't do it. But no, and that's not the mentality you should have. You should definitely tap that purple icon, go tap the stars, leave a written review if you want to, uh, and I'll definitely read it. So thank you guys so much for your support. I truly hope and pray that you were encouraged by this testimony, maybe something a little more relatable where you have where, where you have experienced what you have gone through growing up, uh, whether it's in our community or outside our community. But thank you guys so much for the support. I'm thankful for each and every one of you, and uh, I will see you next time.